Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Biden secretly flying underage migrants into New York in dead of night. Well, that's a that's a heck of a headline, New York Post. Except it's happening. You have migrants, young people, children and teens flying into Westchester County Airport, which is a small regional airport in the area. Not one of the big ones. The big ones would be Newark, LaGuardia, JFK. Things like Westchester and Teterboro are more regional airports. And coming off the plane are children, teenagers, some men in their 20s, which I very much oppose. These flights are happening in the middle of the night. 9.52 p.m. and 10.49 p.m.? That's as... Well, it has to be midnight in order to make this the middle of the night stuff? If you want that, some of the planes touch down between midnight and 6.30 a.m. when a voluntary curfew is in effect. Two arrived from Houston at 2.13 a.m. and 4.29 a.m. on August 20th. If this was something that we were doing for humanitarian reasons, why would you be flying at that hour? You're flying at that hour so nobody will notice. You're flying at that hour so nobody will pay attention. You're flying at that hour because you know what you're doing is wildly unpopular with the American people, and the border should be shut down. If we're taking in refugees, they need to be from Afghanistan. I favor doing so, but not the men. Women and children, yes. Those men who worked with the U.S. military and already been vetted, we need to give them uh, all their due. But we left many of them for dead in Afghanistan. You want to tell me a 26-year-old man is leaving Afghanistan because they're worried about their life? So is everybody else. You got to fight for it. You're not. I don't let you in the country. You think that's harsh? You ain't heard nothing yet. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is so good to be with you. The, The question before us remains. Should we be a nation that continues to allow a porous border? 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. I love it that I've caught it two days in a row, the start of the White House press briefing. Because Jen Psaki is right now wearing a red dress with the red hair. I just don't know if that is considered proper fashion. But I'm not a redhead. Nonetheless, what is she talking about today? Let's, uh, let's find out. Service programs, the American Rescue Plan provided historic funding levels to expanded services that link children and youth to needed services in their communities. All right, we've heard enough of that. (laughs) Stop touting the things that are about spending and start answering the question of what you're going to do about the ports. As has been reported by the Washington Examiner, Los Angeles ports a ghost town much of the weekend. Well, I thought the... I thought the plan was to, to get the ships twenty four seven in the in the unloading and and we're gonna and we're gonna truck at night and and, that, and that's gonna make the difference. Guess not. Guess that's not the story. Now is it? On Friday, eighty eight ships were waiting to dock at either Long Beach or Los Angeles harbors. Ten additional ships from the last count on October thirteenth. Just a few days ago, this is getting worse, and it will. 
And you have to remember that some of this, it doesn't get solved overnight. Now, the border, we can solve that overnight. We just have to want to. And so the Biden administration is talking about, you know, the Remain in Mexico policy, and they're going to follow that policy, which is, of course, the right thing to do. It's only a step, and many, 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 many more steps need to be taken. Like not allowing people into the country at all. I am a product of immigration. I don't know about you. Me, my uh, grandparents on my mother's side came from Poland. My grandfather, separately from my grandmother, they didn't meet until night school. They were learning English. That's where they met, but they were both from Poland. And my grandmother came with four other sisters, and one got sent back. Got sent back to Poland in the 1930s. Uh, It did not end well. Never thought bad about the country. That's just the way it went. But they came into the country legally. What's happening on the southern border is people entering the country illegally. There's also a tremendous drug problem at the border. You also have cartels firing into the United States, firing weaponry into the United States, which I consider an act of war. I take a couple of battalions. I march 40 or 50 miles into Mexico. I start putting up new fences. People like to say to me, oh, Tony, you can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't fire guns into the United States. I'll show you what I do. I let the U.S. military loose on some of these cartels, utilize our weaponry on the cartels. Let's see what happens. I am not interested in cartels getting tough with me. If Mexico wants to deal with your garbage, let them. But the United States does not want to deal with your garbage. If the choice is between us or you, I choose us. That's bad news for you, dear cartel member. The border problem can be solved by a force of will. We shut it down. We do absolutely take in refugees. People, if they go back, will die. But if you are an NGO or any other group teaching people how to claim refugee status at the border, I throw you in jail. Oh, Tony, you don't believe in the rule of law. I don't believe in people manipulating the law for their ideological powers for their ideological fantasies and fetishes. To hell with those people. You can sue me, and I'll countersue, and I'll let that go on for three, four years, however long my term is as president. In the meantime, I'm changing everything about the border. Starting with, we shut it down. Then, we allow in refugees. After that, we engage in smart migration policy in terms of jobs. Because there are jobs that Americans won't do. Sorry, might bother you. But it is fact. And we want to make sure that we have a solid relationship with people who have no problem working. And we have no problem with. It's fantastic. You want an opportunity, we have opportunities. This is great. This is fantastic. Thank you for being a friend. All of a sudden, it's the Golden Girls. I don't know which one of them is Blanche, but, oh, she is a rapscallion. Wait, that wouldn't be it. Wouldn't be a rapscallion. She'd be a... Would hussy be the right word? Was Blanche a hussy? Someone get back to me. We want smart, valuable policy. 
can't have smart, valuable policy if you're allowing people to fire into the United States and you just think that grown Haitian men should be allowed into the country. Should men in their 20s be allowed uh, or some level of refugee status that they should be flown to New York? Absolutely not. Drop you back in Mexico. Oh, no, I don't care that you came from another country. You figure your way back. Shame on Mexico for allowing you to get past their border. And for that, we deal with them separately. Border can be solved. And what's happening right now with the border is sinful. And what Joe Biden is doing in, in, in the darkness of night, undercover, is reprehensible. The, sh- the, the, the shipping, the, the, the supply chain, will take more time. Of course it's going to take more time. It isn't an overnight solve. We've been talking to the truckers. We've been seeing the issue. You have to deal with breaking the Longshoremen's Union. You have to deal with changing California laws regarding emissions, regarding AB5 and who can get hired. You have to automate the ports. Again, I say breaking the Longshoremen's Union, which is wildly powerful. You have to be able to find the employees and then train the employees to be able to get yourself to 24-7 operations. And then you have to be able to sustain 24-7 operations. Has anyone asked whether or not it's sustainable? I know what they do in Asian countries. I know what they do in China. I didn't ask that question. I asked, is it sustainable here? Is it necessary to be 24-7? What if it was 20 hours a day? And what if within those four hours other things were happening with the port to make it more efficient in the 20? Throwing a number out there and saying, we'll be open 24-7 is the kind of fodder for the press. Oh, oh, President Biden said open 24-7, everything's solved. And then they stop talking about it. It's like, oh, I guess that problem went away. Meanwhile, you go to a supermarket. How many of your shelves are empty? What is the thing that you have not been able to get to the supermarket in two of the last three times you've been there? 833 Gatoni, 833-468-8669. What is the item in the last two out of the three trips to the supermarket that you have not been able to get? Some people's paper products, some people's chicken, some people's meat. You tell me. You tell me. 833-GOT-TONY. You can tell me on Twitter, at Tony Katz. You can email me, Tony at TonyKatz.com. I want to know the answer. We'll hear more of Jen Psaki's press conference. And let me just say, as I was talking about nurses, there are others who are leaving their jobs because of these mandates. We need to ask ourselves, what is the value when cops say, we're done here? And why is the mayor of Chicago calling them insurrectionists? That's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. Sasaki had to get asked yesterday about Joe Biden showing up at a restaurant not wearing a mask. He's the one who wants you to wear a mask. He's the one screaming and yelling about masks, but he showed up not wearing a mask. And what does the White House press secretary have to say? There's a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? 
Well, I think what we were referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten, masked in hand, where they had not yet put them back on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly as we should. But I don't think we should lose miss the, lose the force through the trees here. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer. Uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy. It was not we shouldn't focus on the moment in time where they didn't follow their own rule that the rest of us would be vilified for. God, that's, you know, you, you, you think you'd want to be the press secretary. But can you imagine having to look yourself in the mirror after that? I mean, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it now. The, the the White House press briefing is going on. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. Everything at TonyKatz.com. But I asked a question as we're dealing with supply chain. What are the items at your supermarket? Last two out of three times weren't there. Now, now listen, it's it's gotten serious. Because I had people email me, and the thing they haven't been able to find, Mountain Dew. That's a that's a serious issue. Not being able to get your due. Goodness gracious. But let me go uh, to, to the phones because I want to know. And while we're dealing with supply chain things, what is it that you are not able to get? Let me go to Jill. Jill, welcome uh, to the show. Great, great to have you here. Last two out of the three times at the supermarket, what was it that you were not able to get? Try the last nine out of the ten times I've been there. It is Blue Bunny Loaded Cone. What you the heck is a Blue Bunny Loaded Cone? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is a Blue Bunny Loaded Cone? It is ice cream, and that sucker is loaded from the top to the bottom full of yummy stuff. I allow myself one a day, <laughs> but I haven't had them for about 10 weeks. You cannot locate them anywhere. So this is ice cream. Specialty yeah. ice cream that you have not been able to get. It's not even a, it's not even a premium brand. It's Blue Bunny, and they don't have anything in Blue Bunny. So have we have we questioned whether or not Blue Bunny is still in business? Um, I'm sure they are. Producer uh, Ari is going to investigate, and we will have a full full uh, workup for you coming up in a little bit. One person can't get Mountain Dew. She can't get ice cream. Fitz, welcome to the show. I'm I'm glad you're here, man. Last two out of three hey, times. How you doing? Tell, tell me it's Blue Bunny ice cream and I will fall down. No, not at all. It's Diet Lemon Lime Soda. Store brands. Can't find it anywhere. Store brand Lemon Lime Soda? Yes. Imitation. What? I don't want to say the you know, brand name. I'm not getting paid for it. But, yeah, Lemon Lime Soda, dietetic. Diabet- yeah, diet. So you order wait, you walk into the to a to a local supermarket and you get the store brand diet lemon lime soda. Yes, I don't make your kind of money. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm in radio. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm a truck driver. I'm one of the ones you've been talking about. I think it's weird that like so I got a couple of responses and the three I bring up all are in the world of what we would call the junk foods. 
Not in the, no one's bringing up the steak or the chicken or anything else because I am seeing less of those, and I am seeing those price increases like it's out of style. Those price increases are going up incredibly. The meat prices through the roof, but I got to admit, I haven't, I haven't looked at the other stuff. Now, now, producer Ari, you got to find out about Blue Bunny. Yeah, it's still in business. It's still in business. Yeah. So, 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 what the heck? I don't, I don't know. Why were you insulting everyone's, you know, food? I wasn't. I wanted to make sure I understood it. You were like dumbfounded that people eat lemon lime soda and no blue bunny ice cream cones. No, not not at all. I never heard of the blue bunny ice cream cone, and I thought it was interesting they had picked the things that I would not consider to be the staples. But rather the ancillary things. Oh. That's what I found interesting. And I'm now asking myself the following question. Does it tell me something? I'm focused on the staples. So now I got to open myself up and say, okay, there's more than just the staples. But if you can't get access to some of those things, is that an indicator of something else? That's my question. Is it that still because it's not getting from point A to point B? Is it because there's an economic crunch, so these things that are not the name brand but the off name are more in demand, telling me that there is a larger economic indicator up there? I, 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 there's, there's more to a story than sometimes just the story. So now I'm looking at it like, oh, I had not considered this. I had not thought of this. Because in every case, except for maybe the Mountain Dew, uh, if you're talking about a store brand soda, if you're talking about an off-brand ice cream, you're talking about the things that are at a lower price point, which is completely fine. I can appreciate buying for price point. There is sometimes no need to buy for brand. It's it's silly. Some things you need to buy for brand. Uh, I believe this about mayonnaise. Hellman's. Seriously, really? people. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, unquestionably. I don't know what my wife buys. Uh, un uh, of course you don't. I don't buy the mayonnaise. She does. That, that you don't know is, is, is sadness. I just eat it. I don't look at the labels. Right? It's like ketchup, red gold. It's got to be red gold. No! Heinz! Yeah. What are you, out of your head? Oh, my God. Midwest Indiana-grown red gold? What, are you nuts? I, I grew up on Heinz. I can't switch. You're sad. But I think it's interesting. And I now i got to find out. i got to track down whether or not those other items are an indicator. Meanwhile, the nurses and the cops, they're all heading for the exit. What did we win with these mandates? Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. As an example, which I know has been in some of the reporting, 92% of the police force is vaccinated, as are 93% of firefighters. 99% of Seattle's 11,000 employees have submitted vaccine verification or an exemption request. Safety, though, all these other problems, terror, murder, robberies, kidnappings, is there any concern that if police forces shrink or if the size of the ready military force shrinks, that the United States or localities may not be equipped properly to deal with Peter, that. Peter, more than 700,000 people have died of COVID. 
Uh, again, it was the number one cause of death among police departments and police officers. It's something that we should take seriously. Departments are trying to save people in their departments, people who work for them. We support that effort, and there's been success across the country in that regard. Jen Psaki is making an argument that is a terrible argument to make. That was actually happening. That's the, the White House press briefing. Peter Ducey was asking the questions. Jen Psaki was answering them. This idea that uh, uh, police officers, you know, uh, that, that firefighters dying of, of, of COVID, she's making an argument right there that you got to get them vaccinated because more of them died of COVID than anything else. You're making the argument that that's the only thing that matters. But we're losing cops. They don't want to be forced to take a vaccine. We're losing them. We're losing firefighters. Losing nurses. They don't want this. And we're not getting a value on the other side. She's making the argument that protecting them from COVID or having them off the force is more important top line than preventing murder, robberies, burglaries, arson, etc. That's the argument she's making. I don't think it's a good argument to make. But it's her argument. That much is for sure. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This was NBC, their nightly news. Lester Holt reporting, talking about a Chicago police officer who says this is all just too much. In Chicago this evening, thousands of police officers have still not declared their COVID vaccine status despite a Friday deadline and now face being sent home without pay. Megan Fitzgerald has more on the vaccine battle. Tonight, fallout in the city of Chicago. You were willing to get fired for this? Yes, I am. I hope I don't, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I really believe I'm doing the right thing. Police Sergeant Rick Nigro says he won't be forced to get a COVID shot, defying the mayor's vaccine mandate that went into effect over the weekend. There's too much government control in that. You're going to tell me what I'm going to put in my body. That's my choice. And, and, and the result is you're going to terminate me? Termination on the line for possibly thousands more as only 64% of the force is fully vaccinated. How many officers have not complied with the mayor's orders? The unofficial number we have is about over 3,200, so about a third of the department. Continuing a month-long standoff with Mayor Lori Lightfoot at a time when crime in the city is surging. And it is. And Lightfoot has said that the union, which is pushing uh, officers not to get vaccinated, is trying to induce an insurrection. Her words, not mine. The officers, in some cases, don't want it. You don't trust it coming out of Chicago? Okay, how about it coming out of Seattle via Fox News? Meanwhile, police in Seattle are protesting their own state's vaccine mandate that took effect yesterday. Some officers displaying flags that represent limited government, others singing the national anthem while holding American flags and signs which read, stand for health freedom and no forced vaccination. Mike Solon is the president of the Seattle Police Union, which represents more than 1,300 police officers. Mike, thanks for being with me today. First of all, set this up. I mean, you you are waging a, a fight now, and what is that looking like? 
Well, it's not going good. We're witnessing what the city normally does, where they direct bargain their employees, completely skirting labor law, and they have a history of doing so. What we're trying to do, this isn't about vaccinated or unvaccinated. We have no interest in segregating our, 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 our members or, frankly, play the game that's happening in society. This is strictly about standing up to save jobs, because to your point, We've lost so many people because of the political betrayal from our elected officials in this city. Over 350 cops gone because we were once the modeled reformed agency. And then after Floyd, these same politicians who invoked this mandate ran away from us as fast as they could for political reasons. Now it's our people are desperate to have their voice heard. And this is strictly about the mandate. And if they would have just incentivized this, it would have been a lot more palatable. But we're seeing, just like what's going on in Chicago, that arbitration process will probably commence here, and that's the only solution. Hmm. Because both sides are dug in, and it's unreasonable. It's not just Chicago. San Francisco is now going to lose 80 police officers. There were 120 holdouts, according to other sources. Who is better off? Well, they didn't listen to an order, so they have to go. Was the order rational? I am not arguing that they might not lose their job. I'm asking a different question. To those people who believe in force, was the order rational? Was it rational to say, do what I tell you or be fired? And they said, okay. And now you have to let them go. Are you better off? Is Chicago, is is uh, uh, Seattle, is San Francisco better off? And the answer is, of course not. Of course not. So why'd you do it? This is the question that needs to be asked of every mayor, of every governor, of every police chief, of every CEO. What did you get? What did you win through your use of force? I have made the argument on this show that everybody who's going to get vaccinated has done it. Everyone who's getting vaccinated has done it. In a year from now, six months from now, you might see more people do it. When it comes to kids, people are going to be like, nah, we're good. You got some people like, oh, we got to send Johnny back to college. Bloop. You got some of that. Some people were fine with it. And a lot of other people be like, yeah, we'll see. We'll wait. We'll wait and we'll see. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for the Biden administration to say that children who are not vaccinated cannot fly. It's only the end of October. People have already made their plans to visit Meemaw for Christmas. Finally, after two or three years, it feels like forever. And now, tell, the, tell people they can't fly with their kids because they're not vaccinated. I'm waiting for that. Oh, it's a, it's a, you, you would think that that would be a crazy thing to do. You're going you're gonna to do this to American citizens right before the holidays? And the answer is, well, yeah. They've got no problem with force. They're totally down with force. They like force. They value force. They see force as a good, decent maneuver. So why wouldn't they do this? Now, the question is, place your bets. Is this going to happen or not? Is it going to happen or not that we will see these people say, 
if you want your kids under the age of 18 to fly, they, they have to have proof of vaccination. I think everything is possible. I hold uh, this, this administration, this administration, I, 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 I wouldn't trust them at all. Of course they'll do it. In these markets, San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, calls will go unanswered where people need help. Where they don't care if the cop is vaccinated, they need help because there's someone breaking into their house. What, why? Well, I, I can't straw man the thing? I can't straw man the reason people may call the police? And they won't be there. And it's not because they don't want to be there. For everything that has happened in America over the last two years, they still show up. They want to be there. But it's these mayors, like Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, who doesn't want it. It's Seattle and San Francisco and Mayor London Breed of San Francisco, who they don't want it. CBS Chicago reporting what the effects are of really bad policy and no policing. Magnificent mile and police warning. Those phrases don't go together that often, but tonight an alert for businesses on Chicago's Prime Avenue. Our Tara Molina is always investigating and joins us live along the famed shopping street. Tara, this could stop some new companies from moving into vacant storefronts. Erica, experts tell us there's already that hesitation. And it's not only because of the continued robberies and thefts here on the Mag Mile and across the downtown area, but because there's a perception right now that Chicago just isn't a safe place to be. This entire stretch, vacant and locked up, telling of the struggle on the city's Mag Mile. If Magnificent Mile in Chicago can't get the people, and you tell me it's not because of the rents? You tell me it's because it's not safe? Well, take a look at all the storefronts in New York that have said, no, nah, we don't need a we don't need a flagship there anymore. We're good. Thank you. We'll 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 do something else with, with our money and the eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars a month we were paying in rent. We'll do something else, it'll be cool. It's fine. Do you think Lori Lightfoot's making it better? Or because those businesses are out, maybe now it's more equitable. Now you can put other businesses in. There you go. There you go. Maybe they'll pay uh, the, the rents. Oh, no, they can't afford the rent. So you're going to, are we, are we now going to lower the rents? What's the plan? This is some solid madness. And the plan is to not have a plan. There is no plan. There is no for, thinking. They never think anything through. All they think is top line. This is the right and decent thing to do. And they never ask themselves what happens if people say no. It didn't dawn to, didn't dawn on them that people would say no. That's the part that's amazing. It didn't dawn on them. Something else that took place between yesterday and today, r- real quick on, on this COVID conversation. You, Colin Powell, the Secretary of State, passed away age of 84 and then it came over that it was uh, complications from COVID you're like oh and then you learned that he had blood cancer why would anybody call it complications from COVID why would anybody call it complications from COVID that's 
That's insane. It's not complications from COVID. It's blood cancer. So just say so. That's all it takes is a rational conversation. Yet that's not what I heard from Dr. Jerome Adams, the former Surgeon General on CNN. Here's how the conversation went with Chris Cuomo. Being vaccinated is proof that the vaccination is not necessary. Well, it's absolutely untrue. And we've got people out there who are in the vaccine-resistant crowd. We've got people who have completely uh, different agendas, agendas that have nothing to do with vaccines. And as you as you mentioned, want to divide us. We really do. But we've got a lot of people out there who are just prone to, uh, to, to react to misinformation, who just need the correct facts. And so to those people out there, to those of you in the movable middle, I want you to know that there have been 7,000 breakthrough deaths since people have been fully vaccinated starting in about January of this year. That's compared to over 300,000 unvaccinated people who've died in this country. 7,000 to 300,000. These vaccines work. Of those breakthroughs, we know about 6,000 of them reported have been people over the age of 65, as General Powell was. We know a different- Now, before anything, it's interesting data. 7,000 breakthrough cases and 300,000 deaths uh, uh, who, uh, people who are unvaccinated. All right, that, that's data. You can agree or disagree with it if you want, but it's data. And I know there are people who are saying, hey, there, there are clearly some issues with the vaccine, and, and some people want to continue that. I'm waiting for, uh, give, give me a study that I can look at, please, something, anything. But Dr. Jerome Adams doesn't stop there. Of those breakthroughs, we know about 6,000 of them reported have been people over the age of 65, as General Powell was. We know a disproportionate number of them have been people with comorbidities, as General Powell had. So he was someone who was primed for a breakthrough infection, and he's someone who did what he was supposed to do. He got vaccinated, but he proves that we can't just say we're only going to protect the vulnerable. We're only going to worry about those people getting vaccinated, and everyone else doesn't matter. We all matter, and the fact is that General Powell died because we didn't take the proper measures to lower spread in this country. We didn't do everything that we could. And there are just some people out there that can do everything right. But What is he talking about? He's the former Surgeon General. I don't know what he's talking about. We didn't do everything we could? What kind of radical position is this? That's a radical position. First, this is a man who died of blood cancer. And we shouldn't be doing this to his memory. But he got COVID because we didn't do enough? You don't even ask, hey, what does that mean? Never mind, that's a radical position. Should we all hide under the bed and wait till it's over? I, uh, unreal to hear him say this. Wrong, wrong-headed and talk about just, I- I'm going to listen to you in the future. We didn't do enough to stop the spread? That's a that's a bold strategy. And no, it doesn't work. I'm Tony Katz.